Too much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Lohr And I'm Liam O'Donnell And you are listening To episode 138 <sighs> 138 Oh, that was not at all like the Misfit song. No, of no, hard I don't, business. I don't. In fact, now that you've done that, I don't remember how the Misfit song actually goes. We are one thirty-eight. We are one thirty-eight. Do you know? I, have I told you that I'm like a, I'm a denier. I'm a Misfits denier. Oh, I know. I know. Sam I Hain, almost. Sam re- Hain's pretty good. What Sam Hain is better than Miss Sam Hain is the best thing Glenn Danzig has ever. That's like a thank you. Uh, I agree. That, I agree. That is that is an opinion that I honestly think that a lot of people have, but they just don't bring it up. Like there is a number of like people our age who are like knowledgeable down people who were like, oh no, yeah, no, like Misfits are great, but like Sam Hain is just like next level good. And they're right. I mean, here's the thing for me, and I could be wrong, but it feels to me like there's just less corniness. Like there's something about the Misfits where even if you love them, they're corny, right? There's something about yeah. it where you're kind of like, eh, it's it's kind of goofy, you know. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm sure there's some people who love how corny it is. I I say sort of skeptically, but I feel like that could be true. Uh, but uh, Sam Hain, even though it has all the darkness and stuff, it just feels a little less hokey. It feels yeah. a little less like, hey, oh, because Misfits is like rockabilly adjacent. It's psychobilly adjacent, right? Like it isn't that, but you could see it from there. Like, like we're firmly in the hardcore punk house, but from this house, you can see the psychobilly grotto if you want to go over there. And it's like, that bums me out. That that yeah. that you could see it. Whereas Sam Hain is like what goth adjacent? Come on, that's not so bad. That's good no, neighbors. It's, to have. it's actually it's way better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like if this okay. So if like, uh, who's the guy? The 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 stray cat strut Brian Setzer, I think his name is. Yeah, he lives next door to the Misfits, and he sucks. You know you know who lives, lives next door to, to to Sam Hain? Andrew Eldritch and the fucking Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm gonna die by or, that's or, a hill I'm dying or, on. Or or maybe even Christian death. Yes, yes. Some some spooky weirdo. Hey, speaking of spooky, what are the two movies we're talking about this week? We have a double dose of Ulai Lamo films today. We have the 1980s The Boogeyman and 1983's The Devonsville Terror. <laughs> Which can I be honest with you before we watched it? I had completely confused the Devonsville Terror with the Dunwich Horror. And when it started, I'm like, this is not the Dunwich Horror. And I had to look it up and be like, oh, right. Just very similar names. My bad. Yeah. Except one has to do with uh, a crazed white, a, a crazed early 20th century white man's fear of miscegenation. And the other one is um about uh, a late 20th century man's man's fear of um women. Yeah, that seems right. That seems right. Yeah. Uh, 
But before we get started, we have a few people to thank. First off, we want to thank our patrons on Patreon.com. Uh, this podcast is not a money-making venture. We don't believe in money because it's fucking not real. But unfortunately, the rest of the world kind of sort of does. And therefore, we have costs to cover, such as um, like bullshit website costs and like other things. Um, and your guys' help, it really supports that. It really helps us offset that. So we really appreciate that. And if you would like to be a patron, you can head to www.patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. We also would like to thank our, uh, I was going to say fine friends. We'll say friends over at Lehigh Valley, <laughs> over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, uh, if I wanted to get a t-shirt that said, um, I don't know, I can't think of anything that said Chris Reject stinks and his butt stinks and he's stupid and his dogs are stupid and he's stupid. <laughs> Where would I go to get that shirt made? I think you'd want to hell to hell to. I think you'd want to hell to what? I think yeah. you'd want to head to Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations for their personable attitude and professional service. Yeah, uh, they have uh, a staff on hand that is very knowledgeable, very friendly. They know how to give good advice and like they'll help you like, oh, you like this design? Well, you know, maybe we can like size it down a little bit or you might like it on like this kind of ink. You might like it like, you know, they'll help you out. They'll work with you to get exactly what you want and they won't stop until you get exactly what you want. And even better, Chris Reject is such a fucking weak piece of shit people pleaser that he will go out of his way. Um, and loot. I'm not going to say lose money. I'm not going to say he'll lose money. He will go out of his way and he will, um, cause detriment to his mental and emotional well-being to make sure that you get the best deal possible. And why wouldn't there, the, it's, it's a win-win situation. It's, it's, it's such a great thing. You get a good deal and you, 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 you push Chris closer to the grave. Why wouldn't you do that? You'd mm -hmm. be a fool not to do that. You can get what you want. And what the universe wants, which is the utter madness of uh, Christopher yes, Reject. Yes, the emotional destruction of Christopher Reject. And if you want to be a part of that, if you have something that's stewing around in your brain, some dumb fucking idea that has no right to exist, but you want it to exist, you can head to www.xlvacx.com. That's www.xlvacx.com. And... You can find out ways to get in touch with him there. I'm going to go ahead and say, send him a message on Instagram because he hates that. He hates it so much. He really doesn't like that. Liam, who else do we have to thank? We want to thank our friends over at EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Uh, our buddy Aaron Dahlbeck offers you high-quality coffee beans roasted to order, as well as uh, quality teas, fine apparel. Uh, head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. While you're there... Order a bunch of stuff. Go crazy. Order order the world. And then on your way out, you're going to put in C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, Cinepunks, to get 10% off your order. EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. And, of course, we want to thank our friend Sharky for making this sound great. Uh, check out Mechanical Shark Media uh, when you get a chance. And you know what? I'm just going to throw myself in there. Rough Cup Fan Club. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're going to have some pretty soon here. Fall is coming. It's still August. But fall is coming relatively quickly, and I'm looking forward to us having some spooky designs for you. So mm -hmm. check it out. Roughcutfanclub.com. Now comes the time in the podcast when 
Liam and I are, are small children, and for some reason we're related. And our our mother and our father are they're 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 doing something. They're they're fucking making out. The boyfriend is kissing mom, and um, and and I am tied up. <laughs> I get tied up in my bed as a punishment, and then Liam comes in and he 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 saws me free, and then I stab our mother's boyfriend in front of a mirror. As I'm stabbing him. I look at him and I say, "Hey Liam, what have you done involving Harv recently?" Uh, I gotta say, not not a ton, but I did make a special effort to get to the theater, which people know I'm not. I unlike you, who I think I think you're mostly in the theater opening night for 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 horror movies lately. Yeah, it just seems like you're there ready to go. That's not usually my vibe. I can't get to the theater as much as I would like, but I made a special effort, not opening night, but slightly after, to go see a little movie called. Talk to me. Oh, I gotta tell you, Justin, it's pretty freaking good. It's pretty freaking good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it's an A24 film. It's a, uh, is this Australia, Australian film? Yes. It's Adelaide. Yes. Yeah, so like Southern Australia. Okay. Uh, Australian film. It very much, I don't know if you felt this way, it very much felt to me like a fest movie more than a major release movie. Absolutely. Uh, which is like very much the A24 thing, which maybe that sounds redundant to say, but let me be clear. A24, even in some of their weirder movies, they can still feel like big releases, even if it's a psychotically strange film uh, because of the amount of you know people you know or the, the way the film is done. They can still feel like a big production. This felt like a movie you would catch at Fantastic Fest or at Fantasia or wherever, you know, it's like a later night movie. Uh, and let me start because I think we both really liked it. Let me start off with the negative. There are a few scares in this movie that felt very modern horror to me, right? The sorts yes. of things that some of our friends would be like, ew, you know, like turn up their nose at. Mm -hmm. sounds, like I'm sounds like I'm making fun of them, but let me say, I agree. I don't love some of the, some of the very basic, predictable jump scares. If you took those out, this is one of the best horror movies I've seen in a while. I just thought it was very well conceived. I thought it was very well executed. It, I, I'm not quite, I read some letterbox reviews. I'm not quite as terrified. There are people who are like, I haven't been scared in a movie in a long time. This movie is the first thing that scared me in a long time. I don't think I'm quite there, but I do think it's very well done. Uh, I think it does fall at times into the, the also modern uh, phenomena of horror always being related to trauma, which I think some people are sick of. But as we've discussed, I'm not sick of this trend, so I'm okay with that. But I just know if someone out there is like that, you're tired of that being a motivation for these kind of movies. This has that. It's not the only thing going on, but it is part of it. Uh, and I did feel like the ending was, kind, I kind of saw that, like maybe not the climax, but the denouement was really obvious to me. And I think that's fine. Uh, but I, I just, you know, I saw that, that uh, mostly I just felt like more kind of sucked into this movie than I've been by a lot of newer horror movies, uh, more kind of like, even though I, I, I wasn't always super scared, I was definitely on the edge of my seat. I was very much like, 
what the fuck is going to happen next. Oh, yeah. And, and I thought that while there is a lot of stuff going on about trauma and other kind of themes, the part of the movie that is I felt very effective is the way that being a teenager who is like trying to basically party, you know, like be part of that world is so fucking precarious, you know, like mm-hmm. the movie manages to portray how obviously fun it would be to make dangerous decisions and how exciting it would be, but also how precarious that can be and how precarious our sort of existence is, how close we are to just a few bad decisions really fucking everything up, you know? Mm-hmm. And that part of that being part of the anxiety as well as whatever supernatural is going on, I thought was really effective. And I don't want to spoil anything, but the way they resolved a lot of these questions with the supernatural stuff, again, I wasn't totally surprised, but I thought it was very well done and really sort of worked within the world that it was building. So I don't know. I think it's, you know, I haven't seen a lot of newer horror movies this year, so I it's hard for me to say like this is the one. But so far, this might be the one for me. What 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 do you think, Justin? Uh, I can't point to a single moment in this movie that like really terrified me. There's just something about the way yeah. it opens up. It starts with a very it starts very violently and very upsetting, and it just stays that way the entire time. Um. There's also like this. I think one of the parts that like hit me very, like not necessarily in like a like a horror terror way, but more in just like a basic like human empathy kind of way was like how the main character essentially had like no family and she was kind of like attached to her best friend's family. Um, And once that, that once that dynamic gets like broken, um, that kind of like I don't know why that affected me a lot, and like her concern for the character that is a f- that becomes kind of like the um, I don't want to say the the human MacGuffin, but for lack of a better term, we'll say that um, there was just something that like kind of spoke to me about that. Like the the like her paternalistic instinct towards this character was very moving to me. Um, the only thing I didn't really like about it was how they I don't know how to say this without contradicting myself because like I kind of do like there's been ta- like it's already it's already been green like a, a, a sequel of some sorts has already been greenlit by A24. They'd be stupid not to. This movie made so much fucking money. And I kind of want to know more about the mythos of the fucking hand. But at the same time, I don't, because I think it's just like, if there's just this hand that these kids in Australia like came across, and it's just this thing now, like, I think that's kind of like, okay, I don't want to know where it came from. I don't, it's scarier if I don't know where it came from. Um, but at the same time, it was like, it opened up with a bang, and then later when they find out, like when they go to find out where the hand came, the hand came from. I really don't like that phenomenon. I think you may have. It, it's like they they do the Google, they do the Google search, and it brings up like what they're looking for, and they find out what they're looking for. I am not a fan of that, really. And that's that's kind of like 
I, I, I just felt that if they weren't going to give like a full-blown explanation of the hand and the mythos and where it came from, then we don't need anything. And that was the only thing that I didn't like was how they did like a half-assed attempt at, off, at, at explaining where that hand had come from. And I think it kind of took away from the, 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 the fear of that just a, a tiny bit. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Like I was like fucked up by this movie. Um, I, I, we didn't talk about that, but I do want to agree with whoever you were talking to about that. When you go, it's especially frustrating because not just because it's a cheap sort of, um, narrative tool to have someone Google something and get what they need right away. It's also not reflective. Has anyone making these movies Googled anything recently? The whole first page is ads for shit. You don't give a fuck about, right? Yeah. Like, Google is mostly useless now, right? Like you have to actually have skills, like research skills to use Google, the thing the whole internet is based on to find anything, right? Like every website is tailored to be found on Google. And yet like so many ads, so many sites that are just Google SEO words that aren't helpful. Like, yes, there was a time where you could just Google something and, you know, find what you needed pretty quickly. That time was like 2009, 2010. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's been so long since Google's been useful that when it, in a movie someone's like, hmm, let's see, uh, ghost hand. Oh, what do you know? It's it's our ghost hand. We found our ghost hand on the internet. Yeah. That's fucking it doesn't work. It's it's just feels lazy to me every time. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I walked out feeling like fucking shook as hell. Um, and yeah, I, I would, I would absolutely go to see another movie that was made in, in the same universe. Yeah. I'm, I'm always less excited about creating a whole world only because the days of that working for me in the eighties when I was a kid and I just wanted endless sequels, it just hasn't been there. And I think this is probably a big difference because I know that you have ridden along with the conjuring movies more than I have mm -hmm. with the insidious films more than mm -hmm. I have. So I think like, this is still something you're stroked on. Whereas I'm like, not really interested in any newer sequels. It just has nothing's really hit for me. So I'm kind of like, eh, whatever, who cares? You know, it's just not that interesting. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that's just, you know, whatever. It's just where I'm at. Uh, other than that, though, no, I haven't really done. I've definitely watched some older stuff for podcasts, but I haven't really caught up with any newer uh, movies or shows, unfortunately. What about you? I know you probably have seen a million things. Uh, so for the most part, I'm just going to say uh, I attended virtually um, Fantasia Film Festival. I covered it for Cinepunks. I'm not even going to talk about any of the movies I saw there. Just go to cinepunks.com and read my reviews. Um, I'll say the standouts from that were uh, the Larry Fested and Werewolf movie Blackout, um, a film called Rage and Grace. Not a horror movie, but this is in a this is in uh, this is a runner up from or this is in the running for my favorite film of the year. A little film called Femme. Okay. Um, holy! F I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a sucker for a doomed queer romance movie. And this is arguably the most doomed queer romance movie I've ever seen. Um, I saw a movie called Lovely Dark and Deep that I had a chance to interview the director about. Um, if you like missing person stories, you're going to love that. Um, and then the only other thing aside from like horror movies that I've... Oh, and also I'm currently watching um, Popcorn Frights, the film festival on... 
not covering that for Cinepunks. I'm just watching it because, you know, as, as, a, as a, just a normal human being, I've seen some cool things for that so far. Um, but the only, I, I guess, like, we could just talk about, like, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Sure. I saw that. Um, that movie was really fucking good. And it, it revealed to me that most of my friends have never fucking seen Dracula or read the book. Because <laughs> there's so many people, like, I posted the thing on there, like, um, also, this is, this is kind of funny. When I was, uh, so me and Carly from The Final Girls, we have, like, a gentleman's agreement that if a dog dies in a movie and we see it, we automatically tell the other one. That makes so sense. So I knew, I knew the dog was going to die in this one. So it's rough, whatever. I, like, shut my eyes. And as I'm walking out of the theater, I'm sending her a voice message via text, and I'm like, uh... The dog dies and we don't see Dracula's dick. No stars. And then I look over and I see like a family of three walking out of Barbie. Fuck. Way to go. Um, but uh, this movie was like, it was, it was done by the guy who did um, the autopsy of Jane Doe, like Andre Overdraw. Overdaw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That dude has a fucking knack for making for for taking like a setting and having it start out and be like big and wide and wide open and then just fucking suck in and the walls close in on you and suddenly you're just in this like claustrophobic space it is so effective and upsetting and terrifying um because like when you when when the movie starts out you're like okay they're on a boat they're on the open seas and there's all these shots of the wide open ocean and the boat and the deck and then within a half hour you're like oh we are stuck on a boat and it's just like how that dude does that is just fascinating and it's super fucking effective um i know a lot of people are probably going to hate this movie because like um it has like Javier Botet as Dracula you know Javier Botet for those who don't know he's the He's the actor who has the, um, I forget what growth disease it is, but you know, he's like seven and a half feet tall and he weighs like a hundred pounds. He's got like the really long arms and legs. Yes. Yes. He, I know exactly. Yeah. He was in, he played the fucking hobo in it. He played the creature in wreck. He played the creature in mama. He like, he has a very distinct look at look to him. And in the hands of the wrong filmmaker, that can come off as, like, very trite. Like, he does the crackly bones thing, which I hate. But in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing, like this guy, um, it's really creepy seeing that guy, like, walk around. Like, it is fucking unsettling seeing that dude, like, the way he moves is like, oh my god, like... And I know there was a lot of people who were like, the fucking CGI sucked in this movie, and it's like, well good thing it wasn't cgi you know what i mean like you just you're just being reactive and complaining about and like there was a lot of times when it was like close-ups of his face yeah they use a little cgi to like make the eyes pop and that but like most of the creature effects in this movie were, were practical and it was fucking terrifying um and just a heads up if no one has seen this like not only does the dog die but this movie has an r rating and it absolutely um absolutely earns the r rating and without spoiling anything remember there is a child in the in the trailer so that's all that's all i'll say i mean i think i i guess you already sort of covered this that people are largely actually unfamiliar with dracula even oh yes uh, anyway so many people were like uh spoiler alert and i'm like 
the have you never read Dracula? Like, if you never, you know, the part in Dracula where they find a ship with everybody dead on board. It's like, what the fuck? <sighs> I yeah, I mean, whatever. I I guess I shouldn't judge people for being unfamiliar with Dracula. I guess, but some part of me is kind of like when I saw the title, I was like, well, now that movie ends. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like you're watching this movie. You're like, oh, there's a jaunty Irish guy. Oh, he's gonna be dead soon. Like. Uh, I actually got a note with Chris Reject, who I fucking hate, and he was like, "Yeah, I, I, I never went Dracula in high school because I was busy too watching watching wrestling." And I was like, "But you've seen a Dracula movie, like you've seen like either the Todd Browning Dracula or the the Coppola Dracula." He's like, uh, "Who's who's Todd Browning and who's Francis Ford Coppola?" Duh, I'm Chris Reject, wrestling, and it's like, "Oh my god, you fucking people." <laughs> oh, another thing I didn't like about this movie. At no point there's there's an opening at the end of this movie where we could have seen Javier Botet all done up into the fucking nines in a with a tail tuxedo just being a gentleman about town, and they didn't fucking give us that. And f fuck you, Andre Overdraw. You should have shown us Gentleman Dracula. All right, now you seem a little upset. I am. I will get. I will say though, I'm glad they didn't make Dracula horny. Oh yeah, yeah. They did. They didn't make. There's no Gary Oldman like weird fucking. He fucks. Dracula does not fuck in this movie. Um, I'm very happy about that because seeing that would have probably put me into a mental institution. Okay. All right. But yeah. Other than that, um, like I said, just head to cinepunks.com to check out my reviews from a Fantastic Fest or Fantasia Fest. And just go follow me on Instagram at RepairmanXJack to see some of the movies I've been watching. Uh, because there have been a lot of good ones. I just feel if we talk about them all, we'll be here forever. So RepairmanXJack on Instagram. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks, Justin. So I guess we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about 1980s The Boogeyman. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. night still haunts me there must be a reason i'm afraid something's going to happen what's going on is is that man hurting mommy i don't like that man he scares me i'm not willing to tolerate this any longer are you all right all this is nothing more than a bunch of fantasies going on only in your head by destroying the mirror, you exorcise the ghost once and for all. When I broke the mirror, I released him. Now he's gonna get us. And we are back to talk about the 1980 film, The Boogeyman, not the terrible early aughts film or the very, very watchable film from the last year. Um, Liam, be upfront with me. How did you feel about this movie? I liked it. Okay. I felt like it was uh, horribly misnamed. Okay. Fair enough. Well, you're you're not wrong. There's like no. There's no boogeyman. Not. I mean, I guess eventually there's kind of a boogeyman, and it's clearly a. Uh, 
a hodgepodge, let's say, yes. of various influences, right? Like, yes, there's the Halloween of it all, and and uh, the other kind of like it, it's it's got like a combo of like slasher stuff and supernatural stuff, and the the haunting of it all is kind of awkward. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. Um, the things that kind of moved me on this thing were a. Uh, I like, I think this is, this is one of our few differences here, but, uh, I like this kind of like eighties slash seventies, very low budget sort of deal. Like I, I kind of like the vibe here a lot. Um, okay. I really enjoy, uh, hold on this whole time. I've been kind of killing Tessic Finder. I really enjoy Suzanne Love, who, by the way, was uh, our man's uh, U- Uli Lamel's wife. Uh, she's in a bunch of his movies. Okay. Uh, I like her a lot, actually. I wish, I don't think she did any movies that weren't Uli Lamel films. So <laughs> I wish I liked this and the other movie a little more than I do, uh, just because I think she's interesting, you know? Um, and I did like when when things start to go off towards the end the weirdness of the special effects with the lights and stuff. I yes. thought that was just psychotic, right? Like this is how we're going to do this thing. Um, do I like it enough that I could see myself like rewatching it on a regular basis? No, it's, it's, it's fun. I'm glad I saw it. I was very interested in it because um, I know I saw people giving it very mixed reviews and I was curious about it. And this, this director for people who don't know, um, he's done a bunch of, uh, horror movies that I have heard of and never seen. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, one of them that I have seen is tenderness of the wolves, which is kind of a classic, right? Uh, kind of like a, a an important film for a lot of people, but a lot of his other films are things that I have like, seen like even our two movies today like the devonsville terror i've seen posters for but i don't like know the movie and that's true of a number of his films and i just thought well both these movies just came out from vinegar syndrome they're up on shutter at the same time let's check them out and you know it's it's it is for me an atmospheric interesting film but I couldn't see myself coming back to this one on a regular basis because it's just a little choppy. I don't, I think it doesn't make sense. Parts of it, like, are just kind of a mess, you know? Uh, there's certain things I really enjoy, like uh, the couple who's literally knifed together at the mouth, you God, know? Was, yeah. I, I kind of like that a lot, but um, the as a whole, it just feels like not really essential viewing. I don't know. What did, what did you think of the movie, Justin? I get the feeling that you were not into it. Um, I mean, so the central plot and the central idea I actually think is, 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 is quite interesting. Um, and I, I like the fact that our two main characters are, are this brother and the sister who have been like, uh, you know, ruined by this thing that happened to them when 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 they were kids like earlier you had said people seem to have grown tired of horror you of of filmmakers using uh past trauma as a source of horror and to that i say they've been doing that for over 40 years now you know and this is a classic example of that 
And I, 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 I do think that that is, that is interesting. There, there's, there's a neat little allegory there. The thing that derailed me so fucking bad was that, um, a, you had said it was like a Halloween thing. Like the POVs with the heavy breathing from the quote unquote boogeyman. It was just too much for me. It was too fucking over. It is a little ridiculous. It's, yeah. And then, and then the, the constant, every fucking like 10 minutes or so, they'd show the house with the colonial cod or the uh, Cape Cod style windows. It, it's the fucking Amityville horror house. And they kept with the red lights and everything. I was just like, okay, we get it. It's like, I that just I mean it's yeah it's literally just a smushing together. It's like uh uh, uh Uli Lamel just saw the those two movies. He saw Halloween and Amityville Horror was like, "All right, I could do this." Oh, like, it let's, was let's so, just do it. It was so distracting. And well not distracting, but it was so like there'd be all this cool shit going on and then they just cut to the house and I'm like, "Oh right, I forgot. I forgot where we were. I forgot what he's going for." And it was just unfortunate because it was like I I'm not saying this is the case, but it feels like Lommel felt that the film wasn't strong enough to stand on its own without kind of like doing like a not quite bait and switch, but sort of like this, like we have to show the, the, the these windows to kind of bring people back in. And it's a shame because I really think this movie is uh, quite strong on its own. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you're doing this kind of horror, there's sort of a, um, you know, uh, assumed economic thing where you've got to sell it to the teens. Yeah. And there are aspects of this movie that feel less narratively based and more about selling it to the teens. And I think that's a mistake. Now, granted, if, if anyone's interested, you can, you know, look at his filmography it's not like he was doing killer stuff, right? Like he's got a, a bunch of early movies that I've heard people talk about as being cool or interesting at least. And then once he starts doing horror, it all kind of starts to go a bit downhill if we're being honest, you know? And, uh, you know, it's possible that at this point in his career, this is what he's got. This is what he's got, right? He's got this sure, fucking but mess of a script and he's trying to make it work. To that, I say someone obviously had enough faith in this dude that like John Carradine is in, is in this movie. And, right. you know, granted, oh, this was... And there's two sequels, so somebody paid to see this movie yeah, in the theater, like, like, there wouldn't be sequels. Yeah, it's like, and you know, granted, this is, you know, this is at the end of Carradine's uh, run. He's not, he's not making his best shit at this point, but he's still fucking John Carradine. And it, it's, it's, it's sort of like... Someone must have had enough faith in this film to 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 for for that to happen. But then, like this, there's these like these things where it's like, oh, we we have to make him think of Halloween, and we have to make him think of the Amityville Horror. I just, it just kind of bummed me out. Man, those really got under your skin, huh? You're they really did no, I mean, because I I it it always it always it always really makes me makes me sad when there's otherwise like competent films that like you know don't have faith in themselves and they feel the need to kind of like lean on crutches. Like, I, I don't like that. It, it bums me out. Hmm. I think I was a little less um, affected by that stuff. I think it was more that uh, there's an aspect here that is kind of atmospheric. Like they go to the old house to see this family. Right. Yeah. And 
all that stuff is kind of weird where they're touring the house and then the mirror breaks, whatever. The way the family ends up dying, I kind of liked that. I I was I was into the those into those moments. But there is a few moments that just feel like, I don't know, poorly timed or something. It's hard to explain, but the the movie sort of teeters between um something that has like a tense almost like kind of nightmare atmosphere into something that just feels like a bit poorly put together, if that makes sense. Uh, But I do find a lot of it kind of charming. I think it just doesn't make sense to me since the boogeyman is supernatural, right? Yeah. Why do we need the panting POV shot? It just doesn't. Exactly. That's my point. It's It's so strange, but, but, but the other aspects of it, I, I did really like, even some of the mirror stuff, even the the stupid zinger of the mirror still being on the kid's shoe. Some part of that I kind of liked a little bit, actually. Of that course. whole ending was kind of like, fuck, what are we even doing here? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's there's something about the way that this kind of wrapped up that I liked as well. But it's not it's kind of strange to me. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be strange because so many horror movies have sequels that are way worse than this one, but I was very surprised. I looked up and there's a two and a three of the boogeyman. Cause I just thought, does this movie really grab people that way? Or did they just figure, well, we got the name. Let's just keep making movies like this. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that there are sequels because you know, any movie in the eighties that made just an iota of money, you know, in this movie on a budget of, uh, 350,000 it made 25 million dollars at the box office like of course there's going to be sequels fuck is that real that's true uh let me double check the sources okay never mind i stand corrected uh sources vary and this is on wikipedia so whatever sources vary regarding the film's total box office gross in an interview with director lommel for video watchdog oh okay yeah never mind there's no way this movie made 25 million because that source came from the fucking director yeah uh uh, 2.1 million is still that's not bad that's like a almost what just under 10 times you know making their money back yeah, I mean, still, yeah, in and in, in the eighties, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, look, I, you know, there's there's something here in the sense that like the film doesn't actually have it's a haunting, right? But the haunting is so ephemeral that it's kind of just like a movie about trauma. But the trauma is literally living in a mirror and coming out at, at yeah these moments, right? So there's something about that I kind of enjoy because there's no like exorcism to be had there's no escaping this thing and i think the the fucking uh 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 uh, determination of that or or i guess what i want to say is the doom of that is compelling in its own way but execution wise it's a little rough i i I could see this coming on at like a a horror marathon and it and it doing pretty good right like maybe not at like four in the morning but like you know a little early night it's i could see it being a fun crowd movie but it's not great. You know, it's it's just sort of like a, a, a bit middle of the road for me. Um even if I do kind of appreciate the 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 cross mixing of the slasher and the haunting genres, uh it doesn't always hit, you know. I will also say it's it's it, this kind of like um 
predates the um, the whole. It's not the house that's haunted; it's the boy uh, right. phenomenon that like became so fucking big in the early aughts. Um, this predates it by like fucking thirty years. Like, so that's pretty cool. Sure. <laughs> I mean, this movie walked so the so Insidious could run. That's all I'm gonna say. I appreciate that. Sure, that that works. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's you know, it's I know it's not as exciting when we're just medium on a movie, but I I feel kind of medium on this one. It's not terrible. I will say the the family that they go to. So uh, I think we we made this really clear, but you know, there's this traumatic moment where the you know mom just wants to get her fuck on. The kids are getting in the way, and so mom's boyfriend literally ties the son up. Uh, uh, and the sister decides to untie him, and then he goes and he murders uh, both the mom and the boyfriend, or just the boyfriend, just the boyfriend, and the mom because the mom yeah. contacts him later. Which is, by the way, talk about Chekhov's unfired gun, right? A letter from <laughs> my mom. Well, let's just leave her behind and go back to the spooky mirror. Just it was very weird, right? Uh, so they go to live with a new family. The new family they go to live with, none of these people have acted before a day in their life. Right. Which isn't to say that the other folks in the movie are Shakespearean per se, but like the older like parents of them in the movie, those folks are just getting by in every scene. Just kind of like, yeah, that's okay. Hey, what are you doing there? And I and at first it was a bit jarring for me how much they weren't good at this, but somehow it never derails the movie so that by the end I found it a bit charming that they were yeah, still no, trying to make it work, you know? This is a movie, uh, I've said it uh, billions of times, this is a okay movie made earnestly, and that's right. fine. Right. I will gl- I will gladly watch a mediocre film that is made in earnest where everyone gives 100%, or <laughs> uh, let me rephrase that, everyone gives as much as they can. Um Whatever happens after that, if they're doing it sincerely and earnestly, that is, I'll gladly take that over any, I'll gladly take that over any movie that's made in the last 10 fucking years with Shark in the title. Um, you're saying you're not going to rush out to catch Cocaine Shark? I would rather, uh, I would rather break edge than watch Cocaine Shark. Yeah, that's fair. I would rather shit in my hand and lick it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, those are two horrifyingly drastic things. Yeah. But those, those now you guys know how 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 Liam and I feel about Cocaine Shark. It's just stupid. It just I, when we're at the Cocaine Shark level, it's like, well, clearly you don't care, people who made this movie. So why the fuck should I care? Like, yeah. Why do? Why am I spending time? watching something that you gave this little of a shit about you know yeah um so yeah anything else you want to say about the boogeyman uh you know i i think uh you already used this phrase for something else but i will say this will be an interesting transition because i because i do think if we're talking about this director uh my memory of tenderness of the wolves is that it's it's really good which it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, So maybe I would feel differently now, but then with this movie, this was, this felt like a rough sort of a rough take on a style 
that I think comes together much more in our next movie. So if you are a fan of the Devonsville Terror, which I think more people have seen than the Boogeyman, I, I think it's still worth watching the Boogeyman. Like I still think there's something there, uh, but I think it just it feels like less of a formula, less of a fully fleshed out movie than the next one we're going to be discussing. Fair enough. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to talk about 1983's The Devonsville Terror. Uh, <laughs> from Devonsville. All right, we'll be right back. I'd like to pose a toast to our anniversary. What do you mean? On November 3rd, it will be exactly 300 years to the day. That's a pretty grim day to remember. You're talking about the witches. Why doesn't anybody want to talk about this curse? It exists. Dr. Worley, I'm the new school teacher, Jenny Scanlon. The other woman everyone is talking about. Do you have a feeling you were sent here for some reason? <laughs> yes. To make a living teaching little devils. You see, these people here, especially my father, are extremely closed-minded and superstitious. They feel that you, Chris, and Monica are somehow a threat to the community. I'm just kind of worried. Why? Because Daddy says that you might not make it through the winter. Do you believe in witchcraft? I don't really know anything about it. We're very, very different from my great-great-great-grandparents. Why should we be punished for something they did? We shall win this time. We are going to win. You got some soot here on your cheek. Oh. And pretty skin. Um, hey, look, I gotta go. And we are back to talk about 1983's The Devonsville Terror. Now, Liam. Yes. How did you feel about the Devonsville Terror? I really liked it, actually, even though the central question for me of the reveal that the one woman is 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 basically a witch or a reincarnation of a witch, right? The movie never quite clarifies why the fuck is she there? Is this like is this the curse or? the possibility that there's just a random chain of events where she shows up and then leaves and it has nothing to do specifically with this like faded curse that's still on the table. Cause they never really clarify it uh, outside of that question, which I feel like is still hanging in the air. I really like this movie. I liked, uh, I liked the revenge of it all. I liked seeing Pauly in a non cheers role. I thought that was fun. <laughs> uh, and he is a perfect dickhead. I like the, the, the whole, I mean, the very idea of this European director coming in and being like, you know, what's scary Americans. Let's yes. have a, let's have a movie with lots of supernatural evil, but really the villains are Americans and we'll, mm -hmm. you know, it's the evil of American men through time, their misogyny, their insecurity, their fucking uh, religious zealotry. Uh, and then it, it becomes basically a revenge film by the end, but like not with the squeamishness of a rape revenge movie. You know what I mean? Like there's still some violence. That's a bummer, 
but it's not quite as gross. And you get to see like face melting and shit. I don't know. I, I felt like it was it was a good time. Uh, and I feel like it fulfilled some of the promises of the boogeyman in the sense of reaching a bit more of a soft kind of feel like things are kind of like a weird nightmare world uh, uh, as well as in this one as well. Um, but it felt a little more complete. And I just like the vibe a bit more like the boogeyman is a smush together, a bunch of ideas that don't really work. This one also kind of combines a lot of different things, but I think it's more consistent. It's still ridiculous. Like I don't want to fool anyone into thinking this is some sort of like art house film or some shit like that. Like it's still a bit of a mess, but I just found it a very pleasing mess. And when it was over, I kind of thought, I, I hope I can find, I, I don't think it's sold out yet. I, I think I want to get this Blu-ray because I think I would return to this movie. I think, I think it's worth returning to. I don't know. What'd you think, Justin? Um, I liked the movie itself, but the one guy was so fucking annoying that it was just kind of distracting. Like Polly. Was he the father, the father who's just like, um, like the, yeah, that guy, the fucking dude who's like my, they're teaching that God's a woman. Fuck that. Uh no, Paulie's the store, the big fat store owner. You don't remember him from Cheers? He was on Cheers. Well, I don't really, I don't, I didn't really watch Cheers. You're a fucking crazy person. I know. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who was Walter Gibbs. Uh, I think the thing person you're thinking of might be, uh, Matthew Pendleton. No, maybe not. I don't remember who the father was. But Paulie's the the fat store owner with the glass. The guy who like hits on her, and then when she's not into it, he's like, "Well, she's clearly a witch." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a major plot point. A gross man who is obviously gross in every way hits on a woman who's new to town, and when she's like not into it, she's a witch. Within a day, he's like probably a witch, and it's she, like, wait, not what only, the fuck? Not only she a witch, we should probably kill her. Yeah, I mean. The 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 frustrated masculinity of this movie, right? The mm -hmm. the way that these men and the, the only man I kind of liked uh our buddy uh uh Mr. Pleasance in this movie, which we I don't know why we didn't lead with that. We buried the lead on this a little bit. Uh because he's barely in it. Yeah, but still, Donald Pleasance is in this movie and he has worms that crawl out of his arm. He's got some sort of curse where maggots <laughs> crawl out of his wounds this is true every day for no reason and uh i love that and and even though he's not a lot in the movie he is in the movie right so yeah you've got, you've got him who's got his own fucking thing going on it's like he knows that witchcraft is real so now he's like stoked on satan you know he's he's, he's <laughs> into satan and then there's another random dude who's also kind of in he kind of is like into the witch the whole witch thing you know um other than that, all the men are monsters, especially the pastor. And God, I kind of like that. I kind of I like that. I kind of like that vibe. But I get what you're saying, that that one dude might have been a bit frustrating. But I, I, I don't think you mean Paulie. I don't think it was Paul. Paul Wilson. No, no, I'm, I'm fairly certain it was uh, Who Matthew you might also Pendleton. know from Office Space. Remember the two guys at Office Space uh, who are interviewing everyone? Oh, holy fuck, that was him! Yeah, buddy. His, he was from Cheers, too, but he's in a bunch of different stuff, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, he was one of the... He was... <laughs> he was the guy without the fucking weird mustache. Uh, when Okay, yeah, you, you they're, they're big Michael Bolton fans. Yeah, he, that, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, he's in this as the worst dude. I mean, all the men suck, but it's clearly he's the one who's like, you know, I heard a story that hundreds of years ago, my uh, ancestor murdered a bunch of women in the name of religious zealotry. Maybe that's me. Let's kill yeah. this this woman, you know? And literally, like, they just pick four young women in town. It. This is why the movie is so funny to me, because it's like, all right, back in the day, we murdered four witches. Now, things seem a little off. So let's just pick four young women and just murder them, and suddenly life will make sense again. And bada bing, bada boom, one of those women is actually a, a witch or an incarnation or, or something. Regardless, she gets supernatural revenge on everyone and it, and it rules. Uh, I love that, man. I think that's great. I love the the whole idea of it. I got to say, the, sh- the shit they're doing to these young women who are accused of being women, of being witches back in the day, it's some upsetting stuff, buddy. It's, 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 a, rough, it's, a, it's a rough time. Yeah, it, um, there was a scene in the beginning, I'm not going to describe it, that was uh, a little difficult to watch. I mean, it's not like uh, Witchfinder General difficult or uh, what's the what's the European ripoff of Witchfinder General? Uh, fuck, I forget what it's called. Uh, where they rip that one woman's tongue out. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, fuck. It's it's really crazy. Anyways, point is, it's not as insane as some of those other kind of like we're torturing the witches movies, but it's definitely not easy. But in a way, that's kind of a payoff too, because though there is some violence in the boogeyman, this movie more pays off. You know, if you're coming to Euro horror, you're coming for a little bit of gooeyness, right? Like no one's yeah. showing up for it to be like, man, I hope this movie doesn't have any violence or upsetting imagery. Like there's definitely, <laughs> that's what we're here for. And this movie kind of delivers on that in a much more effective way. And I, you know, and I am a sucker for, I mean, it is kind of uh, encouraging that to some aspect, the whole like revenge on the, uh, uh, revenge on, <clears throat> on the gross men thing. It does feel a little retro at this point. Like, I don't think anyone coming to this is going to be like, this is exactly what I need in 2023. But on the other hand, it is a bit upsetting how much these shitty small town men are exactly like a lot of men on the internet. Many of They them haven't should. changed at all. I, like, I was listening to this and I was like, oh, this could be right now. Like 40 fucking years ago and nothing has changed. I mean, now these men would be organized on Twitter and have handles like Elon is my God or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like this whole thing where um, all these women are are independent, <laughs> independent and attractive, which is enough for them to suddenly be suspected of being witches. Like, does anything even happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could maybe argue that in some cases of these shitty witch trials back in the day, something happened, right? Like, crops went bad. Or, an or like a cow died. disappeared or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, there was some catalyst that that is, doesn't justify the murder of these women under religious bigotry, but you could at least see the cause. Co- these men just don't fuck, right? Like, they just don't get to fuck. 
And then they're like, maybe these women need to die. Like, it, did I miss something? I don't know. Oh, I, so I guess one woman suggests that, uh, that not all religions believe that God is a man, right? Yes, the one that teacher. Is the, that is the opening sin. Is she says, well, not all religions believe God is man. And then within a week, they're all they're all being they're all murdering women, right? Is that is that how that seems to be the events? And yet. Saying it out loud, it sounds ridiculous. In the context of the movie, I'm like, yeah, this this all makes sense. We're we're following a logical path here of how these men would handle this situation. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, I don't know. I, I've I've read apparently that some see this film as like a it, it has like feminist overtones, and I can't tell if it actually does or if it's just like, oh, it's about witches, so it's about feminism. I mean, it, it's absolutely about the persecution of women, but I'm not entirely sure if there's any real feminist messaging in this movie. Uh, it's hard for me to say. I want to say there is only because reading about this director, a lot of people ha- have very positive things to say about his collaborations with his with Suzanne Love, his wife at the time, who's also in this movie. And so um, I want to see that that work together and think that there's something like that going on here. I will say that while it's impossible to watch this movie, I think, and not get the idea that these men are bad, right? Yeah. Simply pointing out how shitty these men are does not actually equate to feminism. And I and I want to be very clear about that, especially because I don't know anything about this guy, you know, and so just because um just because um, he made this movie doesn't mean he was actually interested in the liberation of of women. Who knows? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, uh, 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 famously, lots of directors could, uh, or any artist could portray some progressive ideas while themselves being awful. So who knows? Whatever. I, I think maybe that is a bit of a stretch. But I do think it creates a space, if you are interested in this idea of, you know, one of the things about feminist analysis is understanding the inherent violent insecurities of patriarchy like patriarchy lashes out not just because of its disdain for femininity but because of its perceived because of its need to displace its own insecurity which is true of like almost every oppressive system right that like the power structure it uses to justify itself is inherently corrupted because there is no justification, right? So whatever logics it's using to say, oh, it's okay that I do this, it's it's always going to fall apart because it's not real, right? There is yeah. no justification. And so with patriarchy, it's often like the insecurity of the idea of masculinity that uh, necessitates in the in itself the violence against these women. And that's what the movie sort of portrays, but that you don't need feminist analysis to look back at the witch trials and go, Oh, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to actually read Judith Butler to go, hey, it seems like when they killed all these young women, that might not be true. They might have fucked that up, actually. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Which is, you know, all this movie really is about, though it does play off of what I think were very relevant ideas at the time. You know, 1983 is when this came out, right? 83, 84, something like that? Yep, 83. People really were still getting offended if you were like telling kids like, you know, in some religions, they don't believe that God is a man. 
people were still getting riled up about that bullshit. And as a European, I'm sure he's thinking, man, Americans are fucking crazy. Like that, that's also in this movie is yeah. what the fuck is wrong with these people? You know, like I think that is inherent in what's going on here uh, to some extent. Um, but I don't want to also deny it. Maybe man, maybe dude was a super feminist and that is what's going on in the movie. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I also think that I don't want to make it seem like if someone watched this movie and didn't think about, uh, feminism specifically that they like missed the point here. But I hope you did pick up on the idea that like, you're supposed to be happy when the witch goes on a bloody revenge at the end, you know, or again, maybe she's not a witch. Maybe it's just the spirit of the which took took over her body whatever it is that's supposed to be a victory at the end where she's where people are dying that's good that's a good thing you know yeah hopefully people picked up on that much at least and if they didn't this is still an enjoyable horror movie i think it's 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 very fun for what it is you know again it's not a big budget i'm sure whatever it made probably is more than what they spent on it um no big names in it you know Unlike that fucking Dunwich horror, lots of big names in that one. What the fuck? Yeah, weren't there actually like big name actors in that movie? Dunwich horror, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this Devonsville Terror, which again, I don't know if it's a, it's related to the Dunwich horror. It does feel a bit of a ripoff, right? Like it's it it sounds like if I was trying to come up with a mocking of the Dunwich horror, the Devonsville Terror, you know, it's like very similar. Yeah. Know? Uh. So maybe it is related to that. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Um, but, you know, outside of a couple of actors, no one's coming to this movie for the big names. Uh, but it works. And it has, again, it's not a complete. It's not like um, City of the Living Dead or The Beyond where uh, Fulci comes in and America becomes this like weird sort of caricature of itself. Right. Like, yeah. It's not quite that. But there is a certain atmosphere here. You know, in its use of, uh, I think they filmed this in Wisconsin, and it's supposed to be like New England, right? But yeah. It but it fucking works, man. Like I, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that feels very much like you are in the middle of nowhere, and no one with a rational mind is going to save you from these fucking monsters. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is like a throwback to like, you know, there's these enclaves of weird religious people, you know, scattered about the. Uh, the country, you know, uh, uh, around the, the rural countryside, which I don't know, I still think is a cool idea. I agree. And especially yeah. in, in that New England context. And to be fair, these folks aren't just religious zealots. These feel like Reagan voters, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These were these were definitely like. Um, yeah, I mean, this is 83, so these are definitely like proud Reaganites. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're doing something for America here, you know? Yeah. All right, well, that was the Devonsville Terror, and that's the episode. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, be sure to head to www.patreon.com backslash cinepunks if you have any interest at all in becoming a patron. Be sure to check out some of our sponsors, all of our sponsors, at www.xlvacx, www.essexcoffeeroasters.com, and uh, check out the homie Sharky at Mechanical Shark Media. And um, until next time, here's to hoping that uh, when Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg fight, the entire redacted, 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 and they both get redacted. Sounds good. All right.
Ta! Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode, we'll share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey!